Welcome to the Bobcats Podcast. I have been complaining all evening. My name is Don. And I also have been joining in on that. Um, What's your name? I'm Nice Helen. Your mic's not even in your you, mouth. You have to, to, you have to <laughs> listen to the next episode to get my name. Fine, Scott. Don't tell him. Fine, I won't. <laughs> um, well, welcome to Ezekiel six. We haven't even had banter. I can't just go there yet. So, like, right. Well, here's the thing. Like, I know that you're you're trying to dodge oh, the yeah. shield. Wait, uh-huh. hold on. I'm gonna help you. Okay. I wear. F- oh. Tell him what I'm doing. So <laughs> he is currently moving the microphone so that I don't keep avoiding the microphone, which is kind of what I think I was doing. Um, it probably sounds awesome right now to whoever's listening. All right. So now... You were like trying to look around it, and oh. I was trying to move. So I moved his pop shield, everybody. Don't okay. worry. Yeah, because then like eventually I got to pick up the Bible, and then like that's like right in front of me and, and that sort of thing. So we, we like talked about so many things before we even started. I don't even know what to banter about. <sighs> and, and I think people would like quit our podcast if we didn't banter. Then again, they, we might get more <laughs> followers. Like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> That was the best episode ever. <laughs> All of you that fast forward, it was like, you're not going to know what to do. That's one metric I wish I could have would be to like, because I know Netflix can tell like how long someone listens mm-hmm. and they can tell like at what point they stopped. Like YouTube, you can do that. But like, I don't have that metric on podcasts. Oh, That'd be great right. to find out when people are like, huh, it seems most people stop listening around the six minute mark. (laughs) If you want to go ahead and shut down, oh yeah, because new people coming in wouldn't know that we have that banter time. No, I used to leave a warning on the description Uh and a timestamp of when we stopped bantering. Oh, nice. But that's just a lot of work. Okay. I'd rather use that description to crack dad jokes. Oh, that's fair. Fair. Yeah, I was making fun of you last night. Um, Yes, because we were playing on the Switch. Um, we were playing a game as a family. Oh no! Was and, it because I was on Borderlands for like an hour? Was it? No, it was more oh. that you, your your gamer tag is dad. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it had nothing to do with you playing Borderlands. It was that your name was dad, and I was like, Don needs to fix that. <laughs> Are you, do you see any of my kids' kids gamer tags on the Switch? I don't think I'm friends with your friend. Friends with your my ki- kids. Friends with your kids. Well, they yeah. use my Switch. Oh, so, so I, I don't know if you could see because the account was like a sub account or something. No, because they'd have uh, a different gamer tag then. Yeah, one of so them. You have a family. One of them, one of them is Dirt, but he spelled it <clears throat> D E R T. Okay. Glad he's going to that private school. Oh, nice. And I was like, "What?" He's like, "It's Dirt, Dirt." I was like, "That's not how you spell Dirt." <laughs> Second, why is your gamer tag Dirt? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Were you thinking Derp? <laughs> like, I don't know. Oh, whatever. Okay, no, because I don't. Th- I have to be. I still have to be friends with them. So, uh, like, I'm friends with you. Okay. I'm not friends with them. So you probably don't see when, like, what I think Hadessa's. I don't know. Maybe the I only thing tell I that. went into, I was looking up parental controls because, mm-hmm. I, like I said, Borderlands, right? And um, I went into the account, and <clears throat> it was like the because we're on the same family sharing yeah. Nintendo, and that's the only place I've ever seen any name besides yours. Okay, I can't remember. Isn't your daughter like? I don't want to say her name, but it's like mythological creature in color. No, it's a Pokemon. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I wonder that. And my other one is. Something that has to do with cats. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Oh. So, yeah. And so it's, it's kind of one of those that like... And it, well, with parental controls, it shuts it down for the entire Switch. So if I shut yeah, down rated... Yeah, problem. If I shut it down rated M games, I can't do it just for my girls. I have to do it for me too. Well, see, it's like... Ah. It, you, and then you can... It's like to enter the code, it's like you have to move the 
the Joy-Con around. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is dumb because I'm always screwing it up. But also, it I can't lock down one game. It locks down everything with that rating. Yeah. And that stinks too because I know that Dead Cells is technically like rated the same as Borderlands. Uh-huh. But it's... 8-bit, and it's stupid, and my kid plays it, and I don't care. Right. Borderlands, I don't want him playing it because of the swear words and, you know, the... It's a little bit more it's violent. It's a little more violent, than, a lot yeah. of bit more uh-huh. violent. Well, I don't know. I mean, like, in Dead Cells, you're basically beating up your bad guys with, like, sledgehammers and giant swords. See, I don't think I've ever played Dead Cells. It's a, it's an 8-bit platformer. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's... I was like, oh, so now you can't play your game because I parental controlled you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which which I hate. Well, I also use it for like video game clubs. So like, um, I've got multiple switches. Right. And again, the reason I do is I run a video game club at school. But if I lock it down, then they won't be able to play it when I bring it in. So it's like, ah, so yeah, I can't so really lock down your... their switches either. So I'm I'm kind of like in, in a catch twenty two. So they my so far my kids are fairly obedient, and when I tell them to do something, they they most of the time listen. I basically told him, like, if Borderlands is open because I forgot to close it, it's probably because I had to, like, take care of one of my kids or something, or mm-hmm. I, I couldn't save it in time, and I just paused it and never came back. So save my game <laughs> and then play something else. Right. But don't do anything in that game. Right. But because, yeah, it's the, the deeper you get into it, the more, oh, yeah. like, oh. Yeah, I'm like, I think there's, like, 80 submissions, and I'm, like, 20 through oh wow so i don't know how i don't know how far i am in it well 20 is not that far that's still before you leave the first area i can't think what it's called now do you do the side missions yeah okay some of the some of them one i was mad at and i abandoned it if i can't figure it out like if i have to go to youtube really on anything i just like it's like i just want to mindlessly play a game i almost quit the one where you get the vehicle you Mm -hmm. get a car or whatever you're supposed to jump the Oh, uh, yeah. The ravine or whatever, which uh-huh. also has a name that I would not want my kids to be like. Right, right. And uh, I kept missing the ramp by just a little and falling off because the controls on the Switch are hard. Mm-hmm. I almost wish I had a keyboard for that or or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kept falling. I was like, if I don't make it this time, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make it, but I still tried. Okay. <laughs> but it's about running people over in the cars is hilarious. It really is. I'm like, wait, that's like one shot kill, basically. When it gets your experience, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like a thousand. Like uh-huh. if you kill a skag. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's like, dude, <laughs> this is not video game talk. Um, uh, but I did, I did post um, on Reddit uh, how basically the Israelites went full bad guys in Borderlands. Huh? Because a few of the, a couple of the bad guys are basically cannibals. Oh, and I, I, so I made my points, and I was like, "If you really think about it, you think like, oh, those Israelites—they got into some weird little sex cult, or you know, oh, they're you know sacrificing sheep to the wrong gods." Like you, you kind of minimize it, but then like when you read Ezekiel, you're like, "Oh, they went full Borderlands bandits, like violent, disgusting, eating people. Like they were abhorrent, so they are more equivalent." to the bandits in Borderlands than they are the mercenaries that you play as the main character. So what you're saying is you don't play this game for the fun of it. You do it for research purposes only. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what the good Christian would do. <laughs> no, I was, I was just thinking about it. I was like, because like 
so for anyone that doesn't know, and I know it's like three minutes we've been talking about Borderlands, it's a violent video game that your mom told you not to play. Essentially, you're a mercenary looking for this thing called the Vault, and you're on this planet called Pandora, and Pandora is run by the equivalent of Ezekiel-era Israelites. Um, these guys have like funny-looking gas masks on. They're violent. They have crazy weapons. They yell at you. They want to kill you, and some of them want to eat you. So essentially, you are going against what I think is more of an accurate representation of what Israelite was probably what Israel was like at that time during Second Kings than what was probably previously sitting in your imagination. This is not an endorsement of playing that game, especially if you have a sensitive conscience or you're not good with, you know, semi-suspenseful imagery, frightening imagery. Because mm-hmm. they do have those little demigorgon-looking dog things that are kind of the skags. Yeah. Like, that could, you know, that could be nightmare fuel to somebody. You know, mm-hmm. so don't don't go on and play the game and say, don't tell us to play it because it's like the Israelites. That's not what I'm saying at no. all. No. But I am saying, I think if you're trying to think of an accurate representation of the evil that was going on, I think the bad guys in that game might cover it better. Well, and and they are better, or what, the other nations were better than Israel, like, at the time. Right. It's like, oh, you think you're good? Actually, everyone else is better. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's why I'm going to send you to exile. And Ezekiel, guess what? You are going to tell them a lot about me, and they're not going to listen to you. Oh, thank you for that ministry. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, we were hoping to be the megachurch <clears throat> pastor, and instead I get to be the pastor of the people that don't listen. Right. Awesome. So your your church is you. Oh, by the way, and your oven is your poop. Okay. Cow's poop. Hear me out here. It would probably be the worst YouTube channel ever, using video games to explain biblical principles, but not in a crappy, cheesy, ham-fisted sort of way but in a Borderlands or the Bad Guy Israelite sort of way. <laughs> That's another podcast for another time. Wow. You guys thought we were going to banter. So Ezekiel, I emailed the Ezekiel Bread Company. Oh, uh, what they, happened? Nothing. Oh. So I asked them. I, I asked, Dang it. I was hoping you'd get something. I asked them about their cooking style. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, well, will you utilize Ezekiel? The Ezekiel thing for your Ezekiel bread company, I, I'm curious about cooking style. So I send an email, and I never got anything. I was hoping. I was hoping you'd get something. No, I got nothing. Oh, that would have nothing. been awesome. I, and, and Sarah's like, they probably get a lot of those and just ignore them all. But I was like, I'm There's a- probably like a bot that scans them. It's like, <laughs> yep, d- says dung, delete. <laughs> <laughs> you, Don, you've known me long enough. I never use the word dung. It's at least poop. We're- Oh, I was like, we're a family-friendly podcast. No, no. Until I, until a couple chapters from now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember. Yeah, the part that. Oh, yeah, yeah. This isn't necessarily yeah, family-friendly. No, not going to go over well. So with that, chapter six and seven is very much not a happy section. Um, is it ever? Once you get a little bit further, and a lot of a bit further in Ezekiel, it becomes happier. Always at the end of the prophets, it becomes happier. <laughs> it's just the beginning part that's not very happy. And it's all of our fault because we're not obedient. Right. And so with that, let's get into chapter six. Um, really quick. You have to admit, that was banter with a purpose, though. You know, that was banter with a purpose. Right. I mean, it was like six minutes of stupid, but then it was like four minutes of awesome. All right. So, so, okay. so now we can say that the whole reason of talking about Borderlands was just so that you could make <laughs> that comparison. 
Yeah, yeah, totally you plan that. Totally. Only play that game for research purposes. That's not true at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Anyway, so chapter six, verse one through ten. Let me pick up my Bible. <laughs> The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, set your face toward the mountains of Israel and prophesy against them and say, you mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord God. Thus says the Lord God to the mountains and the hills, to the ravines and to the valleys, behold, I, even I will bring a sword upon you and I will destroy your high places. Your altar shall become desolate and your incense altar shall be broken and I will cast down your slain before your idols. And I will lay the dead bodies of the people of Israel before your idols, and I will scatter your bones around your altars. I guess this is still rated G. <laughs> Whatever you dwell, the city shall be waste and the high places ruined, so that your altars will be waste and ruined, your idols broken and destroyed, your incense altars cut down, and your works wiped out, and the slain shall fall in your midst, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Yet I will leave some of you alive when you have... Um, when you have among the nations some who escape the sword, and when you are scattered through the countries, then those of you who escape will remember me among the nations where they are carried captive. I have been broken over their whoring heart that is departed from me, and over their eyes that go whoring after their idols, and they will be loathsome in their own sight for the evils that they have committed for all their abominations. And they shall know that I am the Lord. I have not said in vain that I would do this evil to them. Hooray! Yay, yeah. happy, 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 go lucky, yay. No. So why prophesy against the mountains? That sounds dumb, right? Somebody tells me you have something to say about this. No, I was asking. Why, oh. why, why prophesy against the mountains? Well, shoot, I didn't have anything on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I kind of do, I guess. But um, basically, he, he's... Um, actually, I don't have a ton of it. But, uh, um, <laughs> well, maybe a little bit. Oh, well, so no, actually I do. I lied. So the hilltops basically were used for idol worship at the high places. Um, if you go to... Oh, yeah, actually. Yeah, I, I was looking for something up. very big and deep, and I was like, oh, wait, no, I just got one line on it. Um, so really the hilltops were used for idol worship um, at these high places. So why is it that he's prophesying against the mountains? It's for these reasons. Um, if you go to chapter 6, verse 13, and I know we haven't read that yet, um, it talks about how these shrines would have been littered throughout the Israelite countryside, and it uses, it says, for making, for every hill, uh, for every high hill, for every spreading tree, for every leafy oak. Um, so the repetition of, of every um, shows that this is a widespread problem amongst the land of Israel. Um, the theme that we're talking about really is this idol worship. Um, and so, so really this is kind of what's going on and why it is that, that he's prophesying against the mountains. Yeah. The, that's what I got from kind of the same thing was basically smack talking to high places. Yeah. And then also, um, uh, the mountains of Israel appears frequently and a lot of people believe it just means the whole land. Right. So, yeah. And I think in chapter seven, it even talks about the four corners, um, still specifically talking about that land. And if you go through six, three, four, five, I mean, you're talking about the sword against the mountains, destroy the high places, altars of all kinds destroyed. Um, even the dead bones of the idol worshipers will be scattered around the idols. So, yeah, so there's a, now this is where I've got a lot Ooh, okay. is, is through that whole part. First of all, did you, did yours talk about what, where the, 
word idol is a derivative from? You know, actually, so I looked at three different commentaries and I did not get a ton on, on really much of any of it. Really? I didn't know. Three Dude. different commentaries. Hold on, I'm going um, to get you some. Hold on, let me see if I can get my, so I can get the word pronunciation. I probably can't. I think think one of the things that I, I said the most on, so it was 10, 9, and 10. 9, I heard sounds of Hosea um, utilizing the words whore. And um, so, you know, that kind of goes back to our earlier podcast on Hosea. I was um, like, well, there goes the family-friendly rating. Sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, don't I care. took I it really out of care. the Bible. I did not... No offense to anyone listening with a family right now. I did not believe that we would make it very far with Ezekiel and a family-friendly podcast because it's about to get even hairier as we go through it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Sorry. So this is where your radar sermons come into. Yeah, it, yeah, it will turn a hard R soon. So don't worry. Mm. Where set your face towards Israel here? Your sword. Where is the word idol? So one of the things as he's talking, one of the things that, that hit me hard, though, was in, in 10. So in Ezekiel 6, 10, it says, and they shall know that I am the Lord. So throughout chapter 6 and 7, which is very judging, very judging against their actions and against um, the things that they're doing and their abominations and all of those things, it says many, many times, and they shall know that I am the Lord. And so, again, I got nothing in the commentaries about that, but to me it kind of hit to where, you know, all of these things are happening so that they will can actually come to know the Lord. Yeah. Um, it is through these actions not to be mean, not to be angry, not to be, here's what you deserve, but it all comes down so that you may know that I am the Lord. And I put that down so many times because it repeats over and over and over so, again through this judgment. It's actually like a means of God's grace. His desire is to get rid of these things to draw you into intimacy. Is mm-hmm. to destroy the idols for you that you can't destroy yourself. Right. It's. It sounds weird to say it that way, but it really is like benevolence. Well, because actually, is it Hebrews? <laughs> Hebrews twelve-ish somewhere around there. It talks about the Lord's discipline. And how a good father disciplines his kids. Mm-hmm. I think it might be Hebrews. I don't think it for sure Hebrews twelve, but <laughs> um, I'll look at it. It's somewhere around there. But but it talks about how the Lord's discipline is good. And if you are a legitimate son, then they you will be disciplined. And so right here, it really is a loving act for mm-hmm. you to be disciplined. Um, that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Um, I mean, I can never say, I mean, I'm, I don't really go back and go, I'm so glad when my dad took my car or I'm so glad when my dad didn't let me do this or when I was grounded for a week or when like, or when he drew dead bodies around your bedroom. Right. I mean, I hated when he like, you know, (laughs) killed people and put them around my altars. Like, yeah. Um, (laughs) so a couple of things really quick. Um, idols comes from dung pellets. Huh. They share the same root, the gilliam or whatever is the word. So he's basically saying you're pieces of poop. <laughs> no. Your piece of crap idols, your detestable garbage idols of dung. So oh, that's kind of awesome. That's kind of neat. I was like, but I was trying to find the actual word, but I for dung. But yeah, they both share the same root, the gilliam or the you know like the guano, the guano idols. Or yeah, yeah. I don't know what you want to call it, but yeah, they. Uh, so he he literally is saying like your idols are poop 
That is awesome. Trying to keep that in the P word. See, I love God's sense of humor. Yeah. I don't know if that's humor. That's anger. <laughs> that's Ezekiel's anger. That's true, yeah. Uh, the other part was um, the uh, it was common for those who broke oaths to be cursed. And the ancient Near East curses were that, like, we will, like, destroy your people and lay the dead bodies out in the wilderness for all to see. Like, that was part of, like, what they would threaten to do. Mm. And so what's interesting here is that we're starting with the dead bodies being strewn around as a demonstration of God saying, if you break the curse, you know what? what's common in the ancient Near East is, like, what I will do. But later in Ezekiel, in the dry bones passage, he's going to use that as a blessing. Mm. So there's a restorative nature that we just haven't gotten to yet because we're not in chapter 30 or whatever, right, what, right. 39, 30, whatever the dry bones yeah. happens. Um, we just haven't gotten there yet. So I thought it's interesting. It's kind of like laying the groundwork by laying the bodies. No, um, by basically there's, there is, th- this is what happens is somebody who thinks they're smarter than they are reads this and goes, oh, look, look how violent your God is. Look how he's going to destroy his own people and lay bodies all over. He's no better than blah, blah. It's like, you got to read the whole book because there's going to be re- restoration. He's going to use these uh, idol worshipers to become his army, and he's going to restore them by sowing new flesh and giving them new hearts. And like, it, it's going to be this big build, but some of you fools out there are going to stop with chapter six and be like, Oh, look at how evil this is. He's just like the other gods of the ancient Near East. This is, there's no way that this is what Jesus would have said. Well, cause there is no other gods that provided that type of redemption and restoration. Like God, right. even in the worst of the worst situations of all of the old Testament, you still continue to see his mercy, his grace. And, and you even see like through this mm. whole thing where God continues to say, I don't want to do this but really you're kind of twisting my arm and giving me no hope. And, and maybe I'm going ahead of myself, but I think it might be seven or eight. I think it's eight where he's like, you're driving me out of my own temple. Like you're kicking me out. <laughs> um, Roman, Romans 12, one <clears throat> it echoes this language. Make yourself a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. I will lay your bodies before the uh, idol, the altar of their idols. Like, He's basically, once again, benevolently killing, quotation mark, finger quotations you can't see because it's a podcast, um, them and their idols so that he can restore them as living sacrifices. Like, make yourself a living sacrifice. Kill that sin. Get that out of your life. Mm -hmm. Make yourself holy and pleasing to the Lord. All right, these people obviously can't do it for themselves, so God's doing it for them. Right. And before you, once again, it's not like God's going through without a promise of restoration. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is actual, what do you want to call it? Like marauders that are going to get armies. My, mm. my brain just went fog. Like those people that come in and conquer you oh, and kill um, you. Mercenaries? No, that's no? borderlines again. Well, oh. mercenaries would be David if we were talking about okay. him. <laughs> no, but there will actually be armies that are going to, soldiers, armies that are going to come in and conquer them and there will be death. Right. But like there will also be a promise of restoration. And mm. that goes once again the New Testament. Don't be afraid of the one that can kill your body, be the one afraid of the one that can kill your soul. So yeah, all these connections I didn't think about beforehand. Mm. Sorry, wow. off the cuff. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else for that section? Uh, let me double check. Oops, that's the wrong button. I use technology because it's easier, and then I break it. Purpose of judgment is to restore intimate relationship. 
ancient Near East practice of curses. Nope, that's all I had there. All right. So chapter 6, verse 11, through the end of the chapter, verse 14. And clap your hands and stomp your feet. Oh, sorry. You, you Don, don't ever sing again. That wasn't a sing. That was a hoedown. Oh, okay. That was my... What do they call it? I almost said four square. Square dancing. Square dancing. Four square is the game of the ball. I like four square. (laughs) (laughs) I can't square dance. Thus says the Lord God, clap your hands and stomp your feet and foot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And stamp your foot and say, alas, because of all the evil abominations of the house of Israel, for they shall fall by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence. He who is far off shall die of pestilence, and he who is near shall fall by the sword, and he who is left in his preserve shall die of famine. Well, that's encouraging. Thus I will spend my fury upon them, and you shall know that I am the Lord. When their slain lie among their idols, around their altars, on every high hill, on all the mountaintops, under every green tree, and under every leafy oak, wherever they offered pleasing aroma to all their idols." And I will stretch out my hand against them and make the land desolate and waste and all their dwelling places from the wilderness to Riblah. And this is the part that, again, he repeats again. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Yay. So over and over again, then they will know that I am the Lord. However, um, let's get back into all the bad things that happened <laughs> first. Die of the sword, die of pestilence, die of pestilence, die of famine. Well, I'm not encouraged. Spend my fury upon them. Yeah. That's nice. That sucks. So, I, although I didn't get... <laughs> well, so them. I didn't get a lot about clapping and stomping his foot. So, no. did you get anything? I don't see anything. I'll see if there's any weird <clears throat> Hebrew... What verse number was that? 11? Um, 11. So, the only thing I got was Ezekiel was instructed by God to perform a series of symbolic gestures, clapping, stomping... Um, their foot uttering an exclamation. Um, basically, I guess it's supposed to help display God's wrath. I mean, to maybe get their attention right before he says, here's my fury. But that's the only thing I really got. No, my commentator spent a lot of time talking about the rod um, and what it symbolized. Potentially. Okay. But not really. <laughs> okay. Um I don't see any about clapping actually at all, which is kind of sad. Yeah, I couldn't, again, like three different commentaries and nothing. Because he, he lumped his, the commentary, sorry, to make more sense. It lumped verses 7 through 11 together. Okay. So as opposed to 11 oh, being the start of. Yeah, so that's why I didn't. That's where you're like, what? what are you okay. Doing? Sorry. I, I think in, in both. So like when I split it up in my notes, I ended at 10 because that ends and they shall know that I'm the Lord. And then 14 ends at they will know that I am the Lord. Mm. And, and again, I just continue to see this repeated throughout. And so although this is the whole section of judgment, you see that reasoning behind it. And it's not just a judgment reasoning. It's a, so that you may know that I am the Lord. And I was like, ooh, you know, that's... Oh, and I'm sorry, the, the word for sword there, is that the... For they shall fall by the sword, by famine and pestilence. I, the word sword there is actually just the word weapon. Um, which is also translated rod in other translations. Okay. So that's where I was throwing rods out there. Okay, because I was trying to think of rod, and I was like, about? did I miss it? But no, okay. sorry, that's... He says the, the noun word I can't pronounce uh, may mean weapon, as used in Isaiah, or other figurative sense. It could be a scepter, 
um, as used in Psalms and Jeremiah, and both senses here uh, could also represent the word rod as found with Noah. I don't know what that... Oh, it's some lexicon that I don't have. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, that's a, he, That's basically... He goes into way too deep as to what that could be. It could be Nebuchadnezzar's rod. It could be uh, signifying the rod that grows buds in numbers. It could... And like, okay. Okay. <laughs> and then the ESV is like, no, no, it's a sword. <laughs> so, so all um, that... So I didn't get a whole lot is what I mean to say. There's nothing in here about clapping your hands, stopping your feet. Okay. Well, either way, they're going to fall by the sword, the rod, whatever they want to call it. It's... Yeah. Sounds painful. It looks like that term gets repeated later in seven as well. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, I found six and seven to be actually fairly similar and fairly straightforward, which I don't know if maybe that's why I, I didn't find a lot in the commentaries. But, again, it was seemed pretty straightforward to me. Um, your yes. sin, punishment, judging, anger, abominations. Abominations was a lot. Didn't you say something about the word abominations last week? Like it's like a physical repulsiveness. Okay. Like a it's it's so bad it makes you want to puke. Okay. Because I think it's actually used along with like ex bowling vomit. And we see abominations used a whole lot in chapter six and seven. Like yeah. it seems to be the most common word. I don't know. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying I counted. It's just a whole lot. I'm really disappointed there's nothing more about clapping your hands though now that I'm looking <clears> at it. <laughs> But um, my commentator did say that like a lot of these sayings are short and intentional uh, and that would help them stress the importance of them as opposed to like long and drawn out like dissertations. Okay. Um, so thus I will spend my fury on them and you will know that I am the Lord and when they're slain lie among the idols on the altars and on every hill and I like they weren't it wasn't like these long drawn out like, like Hosea's kind of were at times like right. if they felt almost poetic um, these were very much like let me spell it out for you. Well, I'd probably, Your dad will be laying here, 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 there, and there. I'd probably go home and remember these small little pictures more than I would remember the things that happened in Hosea. So, yeah. I mean, I, that that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. So, chapter 7? Uh, yeah, go for it. Okay. Fire in the hole. Chapter 7, verse 1. There's a kid. Oh, it's the quiet one. It's the quiet one. She's not going to come over too much and start talking, right? You want to come say hi? You'll be famous. You'll be famous. Be famous. People all over the world will hear you. You know none of my kids are on this podcast. Not a single one. Are you just going to walk in the other room and Dude, ignore me? Dude, she is so like Ez. No wonder they're classmates. Mm-hmm. Ez is my super quiet kid. Yep. Did you like the cupcakes last week? She refuses to talk just because she knows. Ezra made those from scratch. Did he really? No, he bought him a Kroger. <laughs> Actually, his mom did. <laughs> uh, nothing. We tried. Well, well now, now she's just being playing hard to get because she's like... Dude, if that would have been your other daughter, she would have been like, hey, what's up, everybody? Right. <laughs> I'm going to read this. <laughs> Let me tell you my story. <laughs> and Naomi's like, all right, now I'm just going to be rebellious. <laughs> and I'm not going to say anything. Um, so she knows that if she would have said something. Anyway. Um, Yet my two very different daughters, very different. So anyway, <laughs> chapter seven. <laughs> but I love them both dearly. Oh, chapter seven. Why did I scroll to eight? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, right. I'm not ready for eight. Neither am I. But yeah, so it's seven. <clears throat> all right. Do I go all the way through, or is there a good breaking point? Uh, I don't know. You do first four, and I yawn. Sorry, okay. people. First four. Yeah, start start through one through four. All now. right. 
The word of the Lord came to me, and you, O son of man, thus says the Lord God to the land of Israel, an end. The end has come upon the four corners of the land. Now the end is upon you, and I will send my anger upon you. I will judge you according to your ways, and I will punish you for all your abominations. And my eye will not spare you, nor will I have pity, but I will punish you for your ways while your abominations are in your midst. Then you will know that I am the Lord. See, once again, we see that. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And I, I love that. And that just kept sticking out is he's not just doing this for like evil wrath purposes, but almost relationship purposes, you know? Right. Yeah. Remember who like brought you out and with what power I brought you out <laughs> yeah. and also like what I mm-hmm. detest. So lots of abominations and then mm-hmm. so that you will know that I am the Lord. Yeah, and then, like you said, that four corners of the land is uh, basically saying every piece of Israel mm-hmm. <laughs> will know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all I got. for. Oh, ang- I just put anger, judgment, punishment, why abominations. Um, I will punish you according to your ways. And then, once again, then you will know that I am the Lord. Those are the kind of the big standing points that I just kind of wrote out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that a lot of times when we do hear verses like this, we probably think it's like the conqueror, like putting his foot on his victim's chest and like, I am the Lord. Like, you know, like kind of, that's what people are thinking, but it, it really, I don't know if that's the proper way to look at it. I think it's more like I'm getting rid of the things that I, you know, dislike mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that I detest that that are not part of what we promised part of what like we said you know for you to be my people for me to be your God this is what has to happen and they're doing the complete opposite and worse right <laughs> right so he's basically saying I'm gonna you know uh, do these things you will be punished for all the abominations that you're doing and once again we go back to the abominations weren't just like they had some secret sin and they were hiding their you know Porn addiction, no, it was more like they were killing babies and eating them, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. So it was like as gross as you can imagine. So what do you expect? I mean, you said later we're going to talk about the temple. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you do if you came home and found your kids, like, you know, cooking and eating somebody? Would you not flip a table? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, would yeah. you not call the police? Well, you, you know. well, they're even... I'm sorry, I just said killing and eating somebody yeah. in front of your daughter running up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, well they're, but they're also like, I mean, in any, and I don't, I guess I don't want to get too much further into a spoiler alert, but... He's being pushed out of his own temple by allowing other gods to be in it. It's like, you're forcing me out. Like I'm, but the, the way you're acting, like I've got no choice but to go. And this is when discipline is going to happen, but I'm doing it so that you will know that I'm the Lord. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, wow. Yeah. (laughs) But all right. Um, and he's, so I'll just read until I say five through nine. Sure. <clears throat> Ooh, I think that's a good place to stop. Thus says the Lord God, disaster after disaster, behold, it comes. An end has come. The end has come. It is awakened against you. Behold, it comes. Your doom has come to you, O inhabitant of the land. The time has come. The day is near. A day of tumult and not of joyful shouting on the mountains. Now I will soon pour out my wrath upon you and spend my anger against you and judge you according to your ways, and I will punish you for all your abominations. 
and my eye will not spare, nor will I have pity. I will punish you according to your ways while your abominations are in the, in your midst. Did you hear all those abominations? But <laughs> this is the part I love. Then you will know that I am the Lord who strikes. Yeah. Yep. The, the sentence could actually be like, I am the Lord who strikes the blow. Hmm. Like, it's not just like, like, oh, I'm going to send, like, the United States strikes their enemies with 50,000 bombers or, you know, like, right. the United States struck, it's like a personal coming in and boom. Mm-hmm. It's some superhero punch to the face kind of stuff, not some distant, like, you know, cyber warfare where you never actually see your enemy. Right. Or, you know. Right. It's like coming in personally. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, who is, you know, who's throwing that blow. It's not. Yeah. I, I like, I like that picture. It's not yeah. someone where you just, you know, you don't know who's doing the final blow. God's very clear. So you're going to know that I am the Lord. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you can have that relationship aspect of knowing the Lord, but, but at the same time you, you need to know, I mean, there's that aspect of respecting and respecting is the wrong word, um, fearing, but fear, not necessarily yeah. a, a fear of trim, like a fear of respect needs to come to that same relationship that I think in our New Testament, Jesus, we forget, yes, we can see Yahweh, we can see God as, as I mean, our Father who is in the heavens is, is our Father, our Abba, but at the same time, who is in the heavens, there is that that portrayal, that picture of creator, of God, of king, of... so. We need to remember that we need to fear him as well because of who he is mm-hmm. um, and because of his sovereignty and his power. Yeah, indeed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that uh, once again, like we're reading this for a podcast and you might hear this if you're at a church that we're ever to cover Ezekiel, you'd go to an awesome church possibly. <laughs> but uh, we would probably hear the reading like how you read it. But once again, I think this is again something where I think you got to think T.D. Jake style preacher who's angry. Mm. Like, I don't think you can think Scott who read it nice and, you know, calm here uh, just because he's sparing your eardrums. See, I need to get my anger out. I is once again, this is like, I will pour out my wrath upon you. Like I'm like, I imagine like Mr. T like reading this more so than I would imagine. Who's Mr. T? Oh, dude, you got to check his Twitter account. Oh, like he still does stuff. Dude. He, he like, He's he's a Christian, and some of the greatest stuff like that he mixes with Mr. T sayings, like he'll be like, like a fool returns to the folly, you know, kind of thing. And he'll be like, and I pity the fool. <laughs> like it's awesome. Wow. It's great. He's it, follow Mr. T on Twitter if you're on Twitter. It's it's gonna do you some good. It's good stuff. He's solid. Okay. It's none of that name it claim it. It's none of the like celebrity Christian. It's like like deep stuff, dude. I'm nice. gonna look some. Hold on a second, guys. You get the Mr. T Twitter break. Dude, I, I seriously love his stuff. But like I think that like when you're reading this, you almost have to, you know, think of it in that style. Mm. Like it's 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 an angry, like like all right, so here really quick sidebar. Mr. T, how unbelievable would it be for a Christian who has been forgiven from a lifetime of sin to be unforgiving of others? Okay, wait, repeat that again. How unbelievable it would be for a Christian who has been forgiven from a lifetime of sin to be unforgiving of others. 
But we see that a lot. Yeah. Why? Why? Why should that be believable? A Christian should be so forgiving wow. because of what they've been forgiven. Saved people are both forgiven and forgiving. Unforgiven people prove they have not known the, known God's love and mercy. Wow. It's amazing, ain't it? All the things you once thought were so important, and now you find out they ain't that important after all. I pity the fool. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Wow. I know it's hard, but don't quit. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Wow. He's legit, dude. He is. If we never needed God before, we need him now. Lord Jesus, have mercy on us. Revelation twenty two twenty. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Amen. <laughs> Mr. T is legit, dude. His Twitter follow is your tip of the day. Wow. But when you're reading this part of Ezekiel, I think you really got to have, and I'm not saying like, that sounds goofy, but like you got to have that 1980s Mr. T cartoon angry. Wow. Like this is, this is legit stuff. Like, see, see, we should have him as a special guest guest to just read Ezekiel for us. You know, Oh, dude, I'm hitting him up on Twitter after this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think when you say like, you know, like, now I will pour my wrath out upon you and spend my anger against you and judge you according to your ways. Like, it does not have the same thing as it was like, you know, read with some, um, like when you read Galatians, I always say this, you got to read it as angry Paul hmm. because he's telling people to go to hell in Galatians. Like he says, if someone comes to you and preaches another gospel, let them be accursed. Okay. Being accursed in that time was like, let them go to hell. It mm-hmm. literally is like, let them suffer in damnation, I think is like how you would draw that right. out. So when you're reading Galatians, Paul is being like, if somebody comes and preaches something contrary to what I told you about, they can go to hell. All right. So you can't read that calm and happy. Like when, you know, they come to you and tell you to be circumcised or else you're not a proper Jew. Well, tell them to make themselves completely proper, go the whole way and cut their off. Okay. What, cut what off? They're winky. <laughs> um, I mean, that's like, that's anger. There's emotion in that. And I think you've got that same thing times 10 in this section of Ezekiel. Mm. And I, I, it's supposed to be surprising because they're an apathetic nation who is incredibly intertwined in their sin to the point where they don't see it as, and they see it as awesomeness. They have that synchro, synchrotastic, I made up a word, mm. synchronistic, like where they're basically like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're worshiping God. Yeah, there's a temple over there. Yeah, we've got some sacrifices. We celebrate some holy days. Look, there's still a priest over there. Um, but, yeah, we're also going to go over here and do this detestable abomination. So, so here's a loaded question. Fire in the hole. So is this applicable to our current day culture? Uh, well, that's the thing. If you pull an Ezekiel and you walk down the street and you say an end is coming and you're all sentenced to damnation, people are probably going to act the same way they probably did to Ezekiel and say you're nuts. If you say, hey, you guys are acting fool, foolish and you're an abomination to the Lord, they're not going to listen to you. No, no. and, and I think God willing, some of them will. <clears throat> well, actually, I think like... Our preacher dude ended up speaking this weekend, which is probably one of the best best sermons I've ever heard our church ever do. And he was actually speaking on Jeremiah, which had a very similar message to Ezekiel. But he's like, you know, you need to go ahead and get rid of some of your idols. And he's like, this week you need to fast and pray about what those idols are and get rid of them. 
and I mean, I think he's he's right. Like the the idols that would, and the thing is, is he made some people mad. Um, and um, but at the same time, you know, our nationalism gets in the way of of, of that. Um, there's a book that I just um, recently started reading, and the book is called "Here Are Your Gods: Faithful Discipleship in a, in Adulterous Times." Um, and it was released September 29th of 2020. So it was just released. Um, it's by Christopher Wright. And surprise, surprise. Sorry, I, I really <laughs> dig him as an author. Um, and he really gets into... Um, he gets into... Well, okay, when it says, When the Israelites exclaimed, Here are your gods, at the sight of the golden calf, they were attempting to hold on to the god of their history while fashioning idols for their own purposes. In today's Western world, plenty of shiny false gods still hold power, idols of prosperity, nationalism, and self-interest. Christians desperately need to name and expose these idols. He must retrieve the biblical emphasis on, on adultery and apply it anew to our journey of following Jesus. So, and he goes on a little bit more, in the, but he basically takes the Old Testament um, culture, the Old Testament idols, and says, well, guess what? we still have a lot of these same idols. Nothing new under the sun? No, absolutely (laughs) not. Um, And I'm not very far, and I'm only like chapter one or two, but it's just focused right now on on addressing the idols of the Old Testament and describing and explaining what idols were. And I'm assuming he's going to get further into this, but but this is especially... I need to be careful what I say here. Yeah. Let me repeat the date that it was released, September 29th, 2020. (laughs) Um, So you can figure out what's been going on in America. You can figure out what's going on. um, And actually, even if you're in some of the European countries, um, you can look at the culture, the world, the leaders, the everything and go, hmm, you know, uh, it's it's very interesting. So I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, Again, I can't fully push the book because I haven't fully read it, but <laughs> so far I like what I've read. Um, but I think it fits into the question of, um, do we still have those idols and abominations in our current world? So can these be applicable to to what we're doing and talking about today? Right. Yep. So I, I'm assuming that we got to quickly talk about uh, the rest, right? Or yeah, we got about <clears throat> 13 minutes. Okay. So where did I end at? Ten. You can start at 10. Okay. Behold the day. Behold, it comes. Your doom has come. The rod has blossomed. Pride has budded. Vi- Ooh, pride. Ouch. Violence has grown up into a rod of wickedness. Violence. None of them shall remain, nor their abundance, nor their wealth. Neither shall there be preeminence among them. The time has come. The day has arrived. Let not the buyer rejoice, nor the seller mourn. For wrath is upon all their multitude. For the seller shall not return to what he has sold while they live. For the vision concerns all their li- 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 mm-hmm. while they live. For the vision concerns all their multitude. It shall not turn back. And because of his iniquity, none can maintain his life. They have blown the trumpet and made everything ready, but none goes to battle. For my wrath is upon all their multitude. The sword is without it. Pestilence and famine are within. He who is in the field dies by the sword, and him who is in the city, famine and pestilence devour. And if any survivors escape, they will be on the mountains like doves of the valleys, all of them moaning, each one over his iniquity. All hands are feeble and all knees turn to water. They put on sackcloth and horror covers them. Shame is on their faces and baldness on their heads. Hey. They... Sorry, go on. 
apparently I'm holy. Look at my hair. Um, <laughs> Not for long. <laughs> they cast their silver into the streets, and their gold is like an unclean thing. Their silver and gold are not able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the Lord. They cannot satisfy their hunger or fill their stomachs with it, for it was the stumbling block of their iniquity. His beautiful ornament they used for pride, and they made their abominable abominable images, and they are detestable things of it. Therefore, I make it an unclean thing to them, and I will give it into the hands of foreigners for prey and to the wicked of the earth for spoil, and they shall profane it. I will turn my face from them, and they shall profane my treasured place. Robbers shall enter you and profane it. Forge a chain, for the land is full of bloody crimes and the city is full of violence. I will bring the worst of the nations to take possession of their houses. I will put an end to the pride of the strong, and their holy places shall be profane. When anguish comes, they will seek peace, but there shall be none. Disaster comes upon disaster. Rumor follows rumor. They seek a vision from the prophet, while the law perishes from the priest and counsel from the elders. Ouch! The king mourns the prince, is wrapped... And despair in the hands of the people of the land are paralyzed by terror. According to their way, I will do to them. And according to their judgments, I will judge them. And they shall know that I am the Lord. Right? No, wrong response. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Ouch. No, I think there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot in there. There's there's a lot of like physiological, all the way to psychological Mm -hmm. horrors that they'll be going through. Yeah. Um a lot of violence there's a, a so this is dumb this is not in my commentary but like when i read that i just for some reason sticks out to me that like whenever there's problems like especially economic problems people try and liquidate assets and buy gold hmm. and it's very interesting that like it says here like gold will not save you and i always think of like the whole idea that like you're liquidating your assets because of potential hard times into a metal that can't start your car, that you can't eat, that you can't live in. And it's it's very interesting that we do still, like you were just saying a few minutes ago, we still put our hope in that which, in Ezekiel, he's basically like said, you, you'll have it, but you can't do anything with it. Yeah. It's I mean, weird. you're not going to rejoice over your selling or buying or any yeah. of that. Like, you know, you're mistreating each other. You've got injustice. You've you know, these are the things that you money you thought was going to save you. And what's that going to do for you? And, and I love the end of it. Like, this is even the hardest part. Like, so disaster comes to rumor follow. Okay. They seek the vision from the prophet while the law perishes from the priest and counsel from the elders. What, what? Like, so sometimes I have students that come to me and say, Mr. Sulik, can I have extra credit? And I was like, why am I going to give you extra credit? That's dumb. You didn't do normal credit. Right. I was like, you didn't do the regular stuff. Why am I going to give you extra credit? And I kind of feel like this statement right here, it's like, you want a message from a prophet, but you're not even listening to your priest. Like, why am I going to give you something larger when you're not even listening to the day-to-day people that are supposed to be building into you? Now, not the priests that, you know, not that the priests are actually doing their job, but... Oh, yeah. We'll talk about those um, later. Yeah. That's <laughs> actually, that's next chapter, chapter eight, right? I don't know. Yeah, chapter eight. That was a oh, abominations in the temple. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, like, yeah. So I don't know that that line. I thought was, I, don't know, I just had you know in my mind a student coming to me, Mr. Sulik, can I go ahead and have uh, extra credit? No, what? just do your work. <laughs> um, Speaking of abominations, I got to charge my Apple Pencil. Oh, that is definitely an abomination. That's going to make me puke. Especially when you have to charge it. Oh yeah. Uh, sorry, go on. Back in my day, we just sharpened a pen. So 
Uh, what'd you do in your day? Abomination. <laughs> First gen Apple Pencil, if you know what I'm talking about, it charges via lightning port. <laughs> Abomination. Abomination. Um, I think there's a, a lot of striking imagery in here, especially like when you get to 23, like forge a chain for the land is full of bloody crimes and the city is full of violence. Mm-hmm. And then 24, I will bring the worst of the nations to take possession of their houses. I will put an end. It's like, I mean, it's definitely talking about Babylon here, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's like, one, it, it goes to show you that once again, that God will use what he will use to bring his judgment. And like, even though it might be off limits to us, that doesn't mean it's off limits to God. So his alliance or his use of the Babylonians as a tool does not indicate the same thing as if Israel were to forge an alliance with the Babylonians. Um, And the other part, like just the idea, man, like forge a chain for the land is full of bloody crimes. Once again, man, it goes back to that, like we, I think we short what was up with Israel during that time, and we, you know, act like it's just a little thin. They're they're probably just mm-hmm. kind of bad people. When in reality, man, like, whew, it's probably worse than you're thinking. Well, I always make jokes like we need more rated R sermons, um, and it's in church we we always specify like we're like, oh, we've sinned. And it's kind of like the way that I read it versus the way Mr. T would read it. Like <laughs> two very different things. You know, we, we brush over this, this sin idea. But the reality of it is, is you're right. The imagery that, that is portrayed in Ezekiel's judgment and, and, and the way that they're going to respond and react, it, it goes beyond by just saying, oh, violence. It goes beyond just saying, oh, their wickedness. Like he is, or, or they're just desperate, like, I mean, pestilence and famine, what, like he gets into some details that are very vivid and very powerful. I mean, I encourage you read through it, like yeah. read through it with your own eyes and, and not just with, with, with ears. Like, I mean, some of the things that that's being said here is you don't want to be around when this is happening. Um, I once I, again, though, love the way it ends and they shall know that I am the Lord. Yeah. But yeah, sorry. Uh, no, I was just I think a couple of just other quick notes. One, the whole forge a chain thing. I I couldn't find much. I was wondering if that was like make the chain that you'll be let out with, mm-hmm. like, or if it was like a a command to the Babylonians forge a chain because you're gonna lead them out. Like I, I do. I, is it? I wonder who that's aimed at. Yeah. Because if it's like make your own chain, that's Ooh, even more. Cool. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, the whole idea that like and I like having those nations come through, they shall, they shall profane your holy places. Like mm-hmm. that's in, in one aspect, you could almost look at it as though the Lord knows that there's probably a racial problem, a racist racism problem among Israel. And if you talk to some of our professors like Zeus, he'll tell you that there's still a bit of that problem today. Mm. Um, telling them that like the worst nations are going to come through and basically touch all your stuff mm. would be, enough to make it unclean and to profane it for them and to say that they're going to go through and like take possession of their houses and all that, you know, and then profane your holy. I mean, that's like, that's like telling a member of the KKK that like, you know, like an African American is going to like take over their property and live Mm -hmm. in their house. Like it's, it's probably very equivalent to that. It's probably crushing their pride as it says it will do. It's, it's a disgusting sentiment that they have. And God's going to purify that in the hardest way possible. Wow. 
You think you're above these people? Man, they're about to come to your house. Yeah. They can go in your temples. I'm scared. God sounds a little angry here. Yeah. yeah. I wonder, it's though... It's like he can't tolerate sin. So, I mean, if you go back to, like, just the context of where Ezekiel's... I mean, in a way, I guess we can almost forget that, you know, Ezekiel has been laying down, staring at, you know, some little object yeah. artwork type thing that God had him do there cooking his food over poop. And so this is the context of him still being with these exiles, portraying this message like do you think they're taking him seriously? Like, are, are they believing what he's saying? Um, I mean, I guess in chapter eight, you got the elders come and, and say, I mean, they're coming to his house, but I mean, what, what do they want to shut him up? Do they want him to stop talking? Do they want to know more? Uh, um, I You'll mean, find out next time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it sounds like you're leading up to. No, well, no, I mean, the, the legitimate questions as we're going through, like, right. You know, the, he's, it's not just a message he's preaching to us, which I think it's applicable, you know, where God still finds sometimes our worship abominations, which, you know, you almost have to rethink the way that we address God and the way that we I think the address way we our approach faith. our sin well, that's is, true, yeah. is important because we often do think it's like, it's just a little thing. I'm just a little bit of a glutton. I'm just a little bit of a, you know, I, I just lust a little bit, you know, it's, I just, it's not really stealing. Like everybody does it. Like we really got to look deeper at like what constitutes sin and what, you know, that means mm-hmm. it, with our relationship with Christ. Yep. Yeah. Man, we, I feel like we came in on like this happy note and now we're like, all right, well guys, we're going to wrap it up here. And uh, I want you to think about your sin for the next two weeks. Yeah. Is it, are we too, we're bi-weekly, right? Yeah, two weeks, yeah, yeah. We're yeah, yeah. So think about we your... meet weekly sometimes. Yeah, we've done pretty well. We're like yeah, two we or three have done really well. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I got conferences in a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm moving for the next couple weeks. Oh, you're moving? Oh yeah, yeah you yeah, just yeah, said yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So if you thought you captured me in Middletown, well, you still can for a couple more months. Yeah, anyway. You've been trying to get me to move there. I would be all by myself. The market's hot right now. You can sell your house. I could sell my house. <laughs> I'd have nowhere to live. Well, you, we have a whole another podcast we could talk about that. But All yeah, right. parent of kid with special needs, school district that doesn't have resources. We're kind of we kind of have to go. Uh, All right. All right. Well, until next time, guys. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.